right. Well, welcome to Taking Up Your Time with Bobby Benavides. I am your host, Bobby Benavides, and I am glad to be with you today as we go into a conversation with comedian Liam Nelson. Liam Nelson, uh, you can find his information at liamnelsoncomedy.com. I'll have it posted in the show notes, obviously. A great conversation with a guy who's been, he's been all around. He's been touring with Dusty Slay. Um, he's been with um, several others going um, to different places. And um, the great thing about him is that, uh, well, let me make sure I clarify, Liam Nelson, not Liam Neeson, all right? Because uh, although, I mean, that would have been cool, but uh, Liam Nelson seems like a pretty cool dude. And um, he has a particular particular set of skills that are way better than Liam Neeson, in my opinion. Uh, he's a comedian, number one. But number two, he talks about um, his uh, Marfan syndrome, which is... Uh, honestly, really interesting. Um, he is uh, seven feet tall. You know, I mean, he's a he's a tall, tall guy, but he um, and he uses it to his advantage while he's on the stage. And you know, he's he's doing some great things with his um, with with his comedy. And so, um, I'm looking forward for you to hear and be introduced to Liam. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the future because he's doing some great stuff right now. And I know some great things are coming. And um, he's been down to West Virginia doing some stuff in Morgantown before. And, um, you know, hopefully he'll come back. And when he does, hopefully he and I will work together. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, just kind of working some stuff out still. Just, um, you know, March 1st, I'll be back. The Loft in Maryland, Cumberland, Maryland. A loft, uh, you know, it's a little... You know, little club you know going to be there and looking forward to doing that with um my friend dan desmond and um you know uh, tate griffin will be um there as well and um looks like it's gonna be hosted by Corey bush and the headliner is bill borenke um so i'm looking forward to that i've never worked with bill but i'm looking forward to doing that at the loft 129 you can go to loft 129.org to check out tickets um or go to my website because that'll be updated here soon and you'll see how to get the access. But anyway, um, that's what's coming up March 5th. I have a private, private gig, which I'm excited about. Um, and a lot more things happening, big things coming, I think in, in the near future. So just keep listening because you'll be hearing more about what's going on for me in the year 2024 and beyond. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking on a new hat I have here. And if you're going to see this on YouTube sometime, I'm not sure when it's going to go up. You'll see the hats I have. It's pretty cool. Um, little picture of me on there. Those will be on sale at my shows. Um, might be able to sell a couple online, but I don't know what happens. Um, still working on getting to a thousand followers on Facebook. So get there. Uh, be on the Bobby B Comedy Facebook page and help get to that because I'll be giving away some merch and one of those hats will be one of them. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of big things, guys. I'm excited. Um, but you know what? You you're not you. I'm taking up your time right now. Let's get into the conversation with Liam, and uh, I'll come back on afterwards just to say bye. But you know, big things, guys. Big things. So here we go. My conversation with Liam Nelson. All right. Hey, Liam. What's going on, man? How you doing? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Glad to be talking to you. Yeah, dude, I'm glad to have you on. Um, so, uh, you know, you are up in New York. You do, you are a traveling comic, and so you do a lot of cool things. You've been down to Morgantown. So, uh, yeah. you and I, you and I haven't necessarily met in person, but uh, some friends of mine who have done uh, great uh, shows with you up in Morgantown, they mm -hmm. they 
they've seen your stuff and uh and from what i've seen online you are you are a very funny funny dude so i appreciate you stepping on to taking up your time with bobby benavides so there you go it's, Thanks it's for a good having stuff me. yeah Thank you for the kind words. yeah so let's talk man so um <laughs> so what got you into to comedy what got you into doing this uh, work it's interesting. So I was living in Atlanta at the time. I had graduated high school. Uh, I was about like 18 years old. Uh, and all my friends left for college. I was doing like full-time like video production work uh, at the time, like doing a lot of music videos, that kind of thing. And then uh, when all my friends left, I kind of lost my whole social circle. And I was struggling to find like another place that made sense to make new friends. Um, Stand-up had always been something that I was interested in. And I had a friend who was a magician who was opening for a stand-up show. Uh, and he asked me to come out and film. And I came and I shot his act. And I also shot the whole show. And there were like uh, a couple of people on that show where I, I was really like astounded by because it. it was my first time seeing like local comedy. Uh, I, Yeah. you know, always, always loved stand up on TV, on the radio. Uh, listened to Sirius XM every time I drove with my parents anywhere growing up, like uh, all the comedy channels, that kind of thing. Um, so it was like a natural gravitation. I really enjoyed being at stand
when you yeah. do jokes you know they have like a they can laugh and that's like a visceral like you know when you're connecting with people versus when you're talking about your story you get a lot of like oh or like someone will be just crying <laughs> in the back of the room and they'll like they'll come up to you after and be like oh that was amazing but they don't express it in the moment so it's nice to have that like i don't know the format of stand-up really called to me because it was like that direct feedback to everything you put out there you know right right so when you i mean because i guess like for i mean you've already addressed mar fans so let's talk about mar fans so like you yeah. so because because one of the i think one of the things that like most comics do along the way right we kind of try to find ways to um self-deprecation sometimes but at the same time mm. it's like find finding ways to like point out flaws in ourselves to like draw out the humor uh, like i make yeah. a lot of i make a lot of weight jokes for myself because i'm kind of a heavier set dude right and so i make jokes about myself being heavy um so it's funny those little things about us but i want to know like for you marfan like i mean has it been a difficult process for you to use that for your jokes or is it kind of like did it come pretty easy for you like i mean because uh, that's a I guess it's one of those things like, do we laugh at it? Do we not laugh at it? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, so I think I've always been one. Luckily, so I, I started going to events through the Marfan Foundation when I was like 14 years old. And at that time, I had really been struggling with my diagnosis because a lot of information out there up until like 20 years ago, you had maybe 30 years to live with Marfan syndrome. Now you can live a pretty normal life as long as you're really on top of your healthcare. I mean, obviously, I have to worry. I have to get like heart surgeries and chest surgeries and all that kind of stuff, which is not fun. But I, it doesn't completely stand in the way of you living a somewhat normal life. Um, and I found that out at 14 when I went to this first conference. And then from then, my sense of humor got kind of dark, uh, you know, just joking around with a bunch of other people with my same thing. And, you know, every year we come back to conference and there's three more people that we know personally who have passed away due to the same kind of thing that we're dealing with. So it's it's hard to take that on fully without having to laugh a little bit and just kind of be like, well, I guess we won't have to make a reservation for eight this year, you know, like that kind of thing. It's like it, you just kind of get that naturally. And so it it found its way to my jokes. I mean, a lot of my earlier jokes were a lot lighter, uh, a lot less like intense. But I've found as time has gone on, I've gotten kind of into the darker stuff. Uh, I got to perform at the Marfan conference this year uh, in front of like 650 people, all with like Marfan syndrome or related disorders. And I don't think I've ever crushed so hard in my entire life uh, because, you know, all these jokes about having Marfan syndrome are written with someone who has my same experience in mind. Like I have uh, I've been really lucky the last you know six months to a year. I've started having people driving out to my shows like when I did the shows in Morgantown, I did like a four city run in West Virginia uh, and I had. I think like 13 people drive from all over the state to come see me. I mean, people drove four hours because they have Marfan syndrome and I'm the only comedian they know who's touring with Marfan syndrome. And so they like, you know, commuted a crazy long way. Um, right. So it's, it's nice to feel like I'm finally connecting with that community who like the jokes are for because these jokes all always made me laugh about myself. Uh, and I, I did a lot of like roast stuff early on. So it was a good way to kind of get other people's opinions or like view of like the things that are funny about me to address. Uh, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, been, it's been a process, but I, I think performing at the conference last year was a big kind of milestone of like, oh, uh, you know, those are the people that I'm really writing a lot of these for. And the fact that other people can also laugh is cool. Because, you know, you want to be, I, I, I forget what, I, I read about this somewhere. It's like, there's a phenomenon where like, you know, something's inherently interesting when you can be so specific, but like other people still can connect with it, despite the fact that it's so specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and I mean, obviously too, it's great to have jokes that, you know, I wouldn't be able to steal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, For sure. <laughs> it's like, like you're pretty solid on that one. It's like, I, I yeah. You have a, you have a short five foot eight Mexican guy saying, let's talk about Marfan. Like that's not going to yeah. happen. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's awesome. That's well, a, I mean, so that's a cool thing. So like when you, I guess when you, you know, take that step, right. When you initially step on stage, when you come on, you know, like, so you've, you have gotten to a point now where people are recognizing you, you're going to conferences, you're doing that kind of stuff. So like what, yeah. what has been, what has been that process? Like, how have you been like making I mean, that work? So it's been a process. So it's, I think I got super lucky uh, in the kind of way things worked out. Obviously having camera skills opens up a lot of doors a lot quicker uh, mm-hmm. if you know how to kind of position yourself. So I started going up to Zany's Nashville about six months after things started opening back up when I started doing comedy, like it's like 20 October, 2020 ish. Uh, or I think it was November when I did my first trip up there with uh, my friend Ty Colgate. Uh, so we went up and did, uh, he's also a comic. We both performed at Zany's. And then after that, the booker at Zany's kind of took a liking to me and she kept having me come back up for whatever shows I wanted to do. So I drive up there pretty much like every two or three weeks to go do new material Monday up there. Uh, okay. And then Dusty Slay, uh, I got to meet, uh, and he was one of the first people to kind of take me on the road with him. So he let me nice. come down. My first time ever doing a 30-minute feature set, he brought me down to West Palm Beach because he had seen kind of the shorter version of what I was doing and really kind of believed in me uh, and was willing to kind of let me do my first 30s on a you know six-show weekend in a 500-seat club, uh, which was super crazy to do. But, I mean, it, it ended up going well. So it's just like uh, – and then, you know, Sam Morrill – uh was doing a show at zany's nashville and then uh the booker lucy at zany's uh because i had been doing well there just on the showcases i also had a video background i'd shot for sam in atlanta uh so just like it was all kind of came together that like she recommended me to be the host he remembered me doing a good job with video i got to do that one weekend with him and gary veter uh and then from then on he was like hey just let me know what dates you want to do so for the next year i basically got to just pick whatever weekends i wanted to do hosting for sam morrell uh which was huge and like i started to get to meet audience and like you know i was the one running the merch line anytime he had merch out there so i was the one you know shaking everyone's hand and they were uh following me on instagram and like slowly but surely you know every city i go to i meet the owners of the club who put him on and they oh they have a small room that they'd maybe let me do a thursday headlining show eventually on you know you start building those like you come in with someone who is well respected and it really helps you kind of build those connections uh and so i just did that uh i, I him and dusty i kind of bounced back and forth whenever they would each have a weekend with me um and then that was like a lot of my atlanta time i i never really was like i mean i produced a lot of shows in atlanta right after covid uh we produced mm-hmm. these giant like 300 seat like church shows uh which were super fun uh we flew in headliners from like la and new york we lost a ton of money on it because it's <laughs> comedy so hard to make money on yeah, um, but it was like the coolest summer ever of just like making stuff happen. So that was like a big moment where, you know, after that, uh, I moved up to New York about a year or so after that uh, and uh, met up with this guy, John Marco Cerezi, who I'm touring with now. Uh, Lucy, the booker at Zany's, uh, once again, like introduced me to him. He was looking for a videographer slash feature comic. Uh, we met, did one weekend together. And then from then, since I, I'm like, I mean, looking at my calendar now, I'm booked until june every weekend all around the country uh doing like 25 to 30 minute sets like two-man show kind of deal uh which has been huge so it's just getting to like be attached to people who already have such a respect like towards them 
And then mm-hmm. being able to be one of their openers is such a huge way to establish like credibility with yourself. And then you just treat, you know, you walk in there with a little bit more confidence. Who's like, hey, Sam Real thinks I'm good enough to host for him. You know, like that. And no one can tell me otherwise because I've done this six times now, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things I think for, for some, especially like some of the younger comics that are coming up and even people are just trying to figure out like, do we want to do this or not? It's like, understand the value of networking right it's like this is all right place right time providing some sort of value to them if it's driving them to a show helping them from the airport having a camera like just anything you can do to make their life a little easier because there's a thousand people who are funny there's only one guy right there right now who can do who can be funny and also film the show you know yeah and 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 so it's like taking the opportunity and, and and of course like like you said, showing that you you have that value, but you, at the same time you are bringing value to the person that you're that you're serving, right? And and exactly. like for me, like so for instance, like I um I'm not sure if you're familiar with Adam Minnick, um mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I just I just featured for him down in uh, uh Bowling Green um nice. two weeks ago I think it was or whatever it was a couple weeks ago, and so I went and did that show with him. But I would never have had that opportunity if I didn't have him on the podcast to interview him. Yeah. And I I met him through um, Hot Breath uh, comedy mm-hmm. on on Facebook. Joel Byers, then, yeah, yeah, Joel Byers, and so then um, started connecting that way, and then we ended up, you know, saying, "Hey, he's like, hey, dude, can you go do a feature for me?" I was like, "Yeah, why not?" You know, so drove down to Bowling right. Green, but it's like, but you have to take take the opportunities that come at your way, right, and not be looking you have to for present that. yourself to them too. Like you can't just be waiting for everyone to hit you up. If I had been sitting around waiting for Sam to hit my phone, I would have never heard back but i sent him every availability i had for the next year i was like hey any of these weekends let me know and he was like all right you can do this one this one this one you just gotta like make sure you're kind of staying on top of things don't be worried i mean obviously don't annoy people but like they bigger comics or i mean especially headlining comics now that i am becoming a headlining comic we're busy you know there's it like falls off really easy i've had people hit up uh asking for like you know to do a guest spot in like cincinnati or a guest spot in cleveland or a guest spot in you know st louis wherever uh and it's like it's hard for me to remember that six months later when i'm going through st louis or cincinnati or something you know it's like you gotta make sure you're texting me the day before i get there being like hey just want a reminder uh you mentioned you might be open to this like just following up being persistent being con like uh, being confident in your own ability but also having doing a good job before before you start networking obviously just put in the time and effort to like be a solid act so you don't have to be the most clean and polished person in the world but like have a 10 that you are happy with that you can only get happier with before you start trying to like market yourself you know yeah yeah i was just listening to a dusty slay's um podcast and he kind of brought up the similar thing he's like you know if you're he's like you want to you want to get on these shows but if you're not putting in the work to kind of make you you know to get yourself out there then it's like you can't really get on these shows you know it's like you got to be putting yourself out there and so making it work so so talk to me about like um i guess your confidence development right because Mm -hmm. because when you say you went from you know 18 years old um you know and jumping on filming and then doing that and then now all of a sudden you're doing stuff for dusty slay right who just has a kick butt uh netflix special right that just came yeah. out um mm-hmm. and so now what got you to the point of saying okay i can i can do this right because I, that- I mean truly <laughs> really like so i had some lucky opportunities where 
<clears throat> I went out to Bozeman, Montana, Last Best Comedy, which is a great club out there. Uh, I had gone out there to visit my grandparents and I reached out and it was their first weekend ever doing shows and they did not have a feature comic. And they're like, hey, we'd love to have you. You can do 20 minutes. Never had done 20 minutes in my life before, but I knew I had, you know, two different 10 minute sets that I had done. So I spent the two weeks before that asking every show in Atlanta, hey, any chance I could do a longer set? I had got a couple opportunities. I was able to, you know, just run it by myself enough times, but then you just got to go up there and first set went pretty well second set went much better so it's like just even that first just doing it once uh was like getting knocking some of the like the rust off of that uh, it's not even rust but like just getting used to the feel of doing longer time uh and then the second time it went so much smoother just having done it once uh and then you just keep doing it i mean i think trying to find maybe lower stakes opportunities to do longer sets like if you produce a show Every so often, have someone else host, you close it out, do as long as you feel like you can do, or even like five minutes longer than that, uh, and really push yourself. Because if you can do it in a place where you're not worried about someone, you know, never booking you again, because it's your show, uh, then you can really like take those risks and not be so in your head about the overarching consequences of, you know, going over your light or whatever, but more just on the actual like performance of the set, you know? Like try mm -hmm. to don't don't I wouldn't recommend doing your first ever 30 on a super high stress club weekend because I also uh, did have food poisoning at the time, which oh, was, no. oh, boy, what a terrible time. Uh, but, you know, I got up there and I did well. I mean, not all I didn't do equally well on all the shows, but like the jokes that I did on that weekend, a lot of them are still in my act today, you know. So it's like you you kind of see what sinks and see what swims. Um but yeah, you just got to kind of get up there and do it. I mean, a lot of people say that they have more time than they do. Uh, and I think that's a common thing. And like, no one's trying to do that. But if you can just find a, an opportunity to give yourself the ability to try that time once, even if it's not like a, a show, a major show, uh, it's, a, it's a good habit to practice, you know? Yeah. So we have about... Um... 10 minutes left uh approximately so uh but i, I want to talk about your your writing style but then also i want to talk mm -hmm. about what you see happening in comedy that's good right now and, and things that you think needs to need to get better so let's uh yeah. let's let's go on that so so you're so you write your jokes let's like let's talk about how you how you do that writing because i think everybody has a different writing style different way of getting things going memorizing that kind of stuff so what's your mm -hmm. what's your practice yeah. So, I mean, I think I write a lot on stage. Uh, I'll come in with a premise. I'll come in with like two or three tags. Um, and then I'll try to kind of just get up at an open mic or I'll get up at a smaller show. Like back in Atlanta, uh, my friend Ty Colgate, like I mentioned, he had a weekly show at this tiny room called Joystick Game Bar. And so whenever he wasn't available, I'd host that show. And every week I just do all my new material. Uh, excuse me. Uh, so just the ability to like get up there and say it out loud in front of a crowd is so much more helpful than like writing it out line by line for me. Uh, because I, I find that I find my natural rhythm as I speak rather mm -hmm. than trying to like think how I'm going to talk it, you know, like it's hard to like write something down and then say it in that same format. So I just hit, I just write down the points that I want to hit and I let myself kind of get there how I get there. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I'll throw in an extra little punchline that pops into my head and it ends up becoming one of the biggest punches of the joke. Or sometimes it gets cut completely. 
uh, you just never know, you know? So it's like finding the time, like writing it down, writing out all the points that you want to hit and then letting yourself kind of feel it out in a stage environment, or even just like saying it to someone, you know, you know, mm-hmm. just saying it out loud is huge for me. That's great. That's good. Um, as far as material goes though, my, my material sheet, I have like one long list of probably like 300 plus pages at this point in like a notes app. Uh, that's just every bullet point of anything I've ever found funny. And then I just will read back through that every you know few weeks and just kind of mine it for, you know, random thoughts and that kind of thing that I'll like kind of incorporate into jokes. So I like will move it from the big word vomit sheet to, oh, here's this joke that I'm like working on. And here's like these three different ideas could all kind of incorporate into this joke. And so I'll like refine it over time. And then once I get it down, to like its core elements, then I start adding back to it. So I try to like strip it down, whatever doesn't work, I take it out. So even if it ends up as like a one liner at the end, then I start adding back to it eventually, you know? Nice. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good thing to like constantly have stuff that you're just writing down to come back to. I, you know, mm-hmm. when I, um, there's some comics that I, I talk to and, and or even, even people I've spoken to, like wanted to jump on and become like comedians where they're like, like, yeah, but I just can't write down jokes that fast. I'm like, but that's not the, that's not what you do. Like, you know, yeah. so it's like having the idea of like, no, like you see something funny, write that down and then come back to it. You know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you, did you ever watch Seinfeld? You ever yeah, watch Seinfeld? So, so, so there's like one episode where like he sees a, a, a a movie or something like that on TV and then he goes to sleep and then he wakes up and thinks of the joke and writes jot something down and he laughs about it and then he wakes up and he's like oh and he's trying to figure out what it was like he, the whole time yeah. he's trying to figure out what he said but like you know I think like that right there was just the example of what it's supposed to be like for us it's like you come up with something just write it down as fast as you can so you can remember to come back to it and then you just keep yeah. building and building and building you just don't let the thought leave like and disappear forever. And then you can kind of reapproach it when you're in a better mindset for like writing. Cause like, just like when you finish an essay and you take a minute and like walk away from it, come back to it, you can kind of see it through a new lens with like fresh eyes. And it's always good to do that with material too. Cause you know, you can be, you know, imbibing in something and get a little drunk and be like, Oh, this is hilarious. And you, before you bring it on stage, you look back over, you're like, Oh, this is not hilarious. So you can, you know, cut things. The thing I like is the fact that you looked at me and assumed that I know what it's like to finish an essay. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so well, you know, you look look studious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even wearing my glasses. So that's good. All right, perfect. Look at that. Well, awesome. So, so let's talk then about what what's going on with comedy because I mean, you're you're doing a lot of it. Um, I've been mm-hmm. I've like I said, I just did my show in a Bowling Green, and that was my first show. We, we just had a baby, so I kind of taken a couple months off from like doing anything. So we're going to be making, I'm making some more here. Start booking more shows here soon. But oh, um, you're saying babies, making some more babies. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I hope not. This is our fifth one. I hope I'm done. Oh, <laughs> whoa, fifth. yeah, slow yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, 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 I'm getting older. I can't. I don't know yeah. if I can do this. Much you got enough. But, uh, your your future's yeah. secure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, but uh, no, but so so for you like traveling around doing all the things you're doing, right. We see the social media stuff. Like what's, what's good right now. And, and what's not so good, like in your opinion. I mean, I think, you know, I think the overall accessibility of comedy has been cool. Like how many people are starting to get into comedy casually and starting to find lesser known comics. Like it's not just the top 15 comics in the world who everyone kind of knows of nowadays. Uh, like I think John Marco Cerezi, who I tour with, is a good example. He's not someone who's necessarily a household name yet, but mm-hmm. 
with the people he kind of appeals to, like his audience, he is a whole celebrity. And so he can have that because of his online presence and because, you know, I, I've watched people walk up and be like, hey, I was thinking about, you know, some really dark thoughts and I like watch your comedy. Uh, so it's like they can build a community around a comedian in a way that wasn't really possible before because you don't need a label to get your stuff out there anymore. You don't need, you know, some, you don't need Comedy Central to like co-sign you to put things on blast. You can kind of do that by building a following yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but then on that same kind of issue, you know, you have to have some sort of social media savvy in order to succeed independently now, even succeed in general. I mean, I know some really incredible comedians with some really incredible credits who are falling off right now because they just aren't putting clips on social media. Mm -hmm. And they're, I mean, they're doing some of the biggest shows in the world, but they're still messaging me being like, hey, man, any chance you can help me? you know, put this clip up because like I only have a thousand Instagram followers uh, right. and they're like 50,000 seat arenas every night, you know? So yeah. it's like, I don't, you, it just doesn't like, it's not the, the format of comedy doesn't reward what it used to, which is good in some ways and bad in others. I mean, I think I personally benefit from it as, but I mean, I don't even post as much as I should anymore because I'm so busy helping other people make content, you know? Yeah. So it's like that, that, never-ending content machine is definitely it, you know it's it's a blessing and a curse for sure yeah yeah that's one of my biggest things is like i uh I, i'm horrible at at the social media i'm I'm getting better i think um mm -hmm. but of course i think i'm getting better and then something switches and i'm not doing as good as i thought so um yeah. but you um, know, there's a I new mean, thing you got to post on every week there's a new thing that yeah. pays you the new thing that doesn't like it's all i mean uh, a lot of the comics I work for, they have a whole social media team just to like keep an eye on everything. Yeah. Like it's like that's, a four or five person team just, just for posting. See, and that's why I'm having so many kids. Um, Cause yeah, that's my, there you that's go. My, they're going to be, that's my team. Keeping I'm going to get them. House. Yep. It's a captioning you clips. Like, You're going to get yep. them putting your dates together. They're going to be all over the link tree. Yep. They got it. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping they're building a good savvy playing Fortnite, and they're just going to be ready to play. They're going to be able to make things happen for me. There you go. Gonna, and so. for reading today, kids, you're going to read these captions and see if that's what Daddy said on stage. <laughs> All right, that... that's right. Homeschooling. That's that's the way to go. So there you go. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> well, Liam, dude, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your your uh just what you're doing with comedy because the stuff i see like i've seen them I, I can't wait to see you in person are you gonna be down to red yeah. eye this, this year or uh not this year i don't think unfortunately i'm i got some bookings in texas but i'll be i'll be back through west virginia in morgantown for sure to headline at some point next year so uh, yeah. i'll let you know whenever that happens if you if you are coming up that way yeah uh, where do you where are you based uh well, I'm in I'm in Elkins, West Virginia. Um, okay. So, but I'm like I'm trying to start. You know, I'm 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 trying to push myself out there more now because, like I said, I'm I'm gonna be pushing this year heavily on uh, moving myself out of the West Virginia area to be more um, on stages, different stages. Because I mean, I've been in L.A., I've been at uh, Chatterbox, I've been to you know Tampa Improv or Ebor Improv. Um, yeah. You know, but like to really get more active and, and get out there this year, I think I'm gonna be pushing heavily. But um nice. so but yeah, so um hopefully we'll be able to run into each other in person. But uh but sure. I'll definitely be um sharing your stuff when I can. Um and uh, I'm looking forward to people hearing this conversation because I think it's 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 a good one. So 
Um, where can people find you, man? Tell, tell, tell the audience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Liam J. Nelson on Instagram, Liam Nelson Comedy on Facebook, uh, LiamNelsonComedy.com has all my upcoming tour dates. Uh, come see me at a show. I'll be all over the country in the next year. Uh, I guarantee it'll be something within at least a couple hours of you. So come by, check it out. Yeah, awesome. All that stuff will be in the show notes. And um, I might uh, be able to throw some stuff in there for you to be able to go check out some of the stuff online. But Liam, appreciate your time. Appreciate what you're doing, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, hey, that was my conversation with Liam Nelson. And again, uh, LiamNelsonComedy.com. And uh, you can check him out on um, YouTube and everywhere else at Liam Nelson. I think, uh, you know, the dude is funny. And um, I love watching what he's doing. I've been checking out some of his clips. And I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him live because he, he's he he's got some stuff. Um, I mean, obviously, he's been doing it for a little while. And he's been um, making his moves. What a great story, you know. Uh, just taking the opportunity, right? Just taking the opportunities given, jumping into it. And and honestly, that's the key. I think for all of us is just take the opportunities. You know, I've shared, I've shared my first show after doing a 10 minute set was an hour long show. Um, and only doing 10 minutes as a, you know, my first start as a stand up comic in the first, um, I think six or seven months of being, of doing it. Um, but I didn't want to say no to an opportunity. I just couldn't. Um, it may not have been the best. It may not have been. I'm still working on stuff and I'm still not the best, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's still taking the opportunity to do what you what you want to do and, and making things happen. So uh, just making it work. So, guys, don't give up out there. Just take the opportunities. Take every mic as an opportunity. Uh, grow in the craft. Keep learning and and find people to to network with. Um, because that's important, right? So anyway, with that, uh, thanks again for listening to the Taking Up Your Time with Bobby Benavides podcast. Uh, I am Bobby Benavides. And again, um, if you want to help raise awareness of this podcast, um, I have a Sarah McLaughlin song I could play to kind of help you feel the need to just share, to comment, um, to like, to subscribe. I will remember you. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to see him. So anyway, that's it. Take up your time with Bobby Benavides. I will see you guys or talk to you guys next week. Bye.